Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling podcast. Not the only one in existence. As somebody asked me the other day, they didn't really watch wrestling. Well, they didn't watch wrestling, but I still appreciated that all the same. So I'm sorry we're 24 hours late. Yesterday got the better of me. Well, this week has got the better of me uh, without wanting to... It always sounds like a pimp, but it's just true. We talk about a lot of my sort of life situation and personal situations over on the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Uh, and that's obviously what makes all this possible as well. But yeah, Monday I had to take off completely, so now I'm kind of running 20 or 4 hours later. What I will say, as it's just come up, I want to thank everybody who does support the Patreon. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast uh, without you guys, so thank you very, very much. Uh, if you are a patron and you believe that you deserve, deserves not the right word, you've earned the right to come on Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast, drop me a line over on the Patreon, but I think most are in the calendar now. Or they should be. And if everybody listening could chuck a dollar in the Patreon pot, it just makes all this stuff a little bit easier. Um, this week, we are going to do, I, I call it a bumper episode. I'm not sure, I'm not saying that's going to be like two hours or anything like that. But I'm going to throw the Q&A into this episode just because, again, because I lost the day this week. I'm just trying to, you know, make sure I get everything done. So I thought, hey, we'll just do the Q&A in this episode. Also, if you didn't see on uh, on Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday, I believe, um, of course it was, I wasn't here Monday, I just, I just said that. Uh, we put up a review and a breakdown of everything that happened at Dominion 2018, the New Japan event from the weekend, and of course talk about that match between Kenny Omega and uh, Okada, which probably is one of the best matches ever. It's in the conversation, to say the least. So really what we have to do now is talk about The Week in Wrestling, hence the name of the, well not the name of the show, there's a gaming show called The Week in Gaming, but you know what I'm getting at. And you know, it's the build up to Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank is on is this Sunday, uh, so we're sort of three days away. I I mean, this week in WWE was certainly better than what we got last week, which you could argue wouldn't be that hard because last week did feel very much like WWE just went, nah, we'll just do whatever we want, who cares? Whether or not it's been sort of a good build as we have seen in the past from Money in the Bank, I don't know. Probably not. But I would say that the, the advantage that WWE has in that regard is that Money in the Bank still kind of sells itself. It's one of these events that people still enjoy. I know I do. I um I especially I think it's probably my favorite stipulation match other than the Royal Rumble that WWE do. You know, kind of Hell in the Cells lost its way a little bit. Cage matches you don't usually see anymore. Um, street fights and last man standing matches happen all the time. Elimination Chamber again comes and goes. But Money in the Bank is always good, and that is really because WWE has a very good track record when it does come to ladder matches. That it's very rare you see a bad one, and that's why I'm looking forward to the show. And I also think they've done well in the sense that. You know, we don't actually know... Well, I don't think there's sort of a, a, a defined favourite for either Money in the Bank matches. I think you could probably argue for nearly everyone in both the men's and women's Money in the Bank. And then also, I think that's the case for, for Nia Jax taking on Ronda Rousey as well. Forget what you think about the build. In terms of the actual, you know, when we sit down here and predict the show, which we're going to do, and I'll also implore you to head over to What Culture Wrestling on the YouTube because my predictions will be going up there. And also, you can get my weekly rundown of Raw and SmackDown. You know all that. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram at Simon316, Facebook group, Simon's Progress Podcast. There we go, throw it all in. Um, but yeah, I talk about this kind of in more detail. And I think that's kind of the the upside of of the of the card itself. Now there are some obvious results, or what the results I deem to be obvious. I don't think Sami Zayn's gonna beat Bobby Lashley. I don't think the, the good brothers are gonna beat the Bludgeon Brothers. 
Um, AJ Styles Nakamura is a bit harder to call. I think Seth Rollins is... We're getting, to, I'm going, getting way ahead of myself here. We're getting to the predictions in a second. My point being is that that will make it more fun to watch. Um, and I'm saying that there's never really been obvious winners in the past. I don't think anybody would have called Baron Corbin last year. Same with maybe even Dean Ambrose the year before, or at least what he then went on to do. Obviously, he won it and then cashed it in that same night, which was really cool. So personally, I am really excited about giving the money in the bank to someone who can have a long run with it. And in that regard, it probably should be a heel. But we'll get to that in a second. So yeah, I mean, we'll just run through Raw and SmackDown, uh, you know, not super fast or anything like that, but as much as we can. And it, it's one of those, it was one of those nights where everything was was okay but there was no sort of really grab out moment where you went right man now now i've got to watch i got to watch the pay-per-view i didn't like what we did at the start i always think it's ridiculous when we do that thing with everybody stood on ladders in the ring just because <laughs> it's too produced um and i don't mind ever the big sort of discussion this week is you know as new japan surpassed wwe to, to such a degree degree there's no going back and i don't agree with that in any sense, really, because I think they're different products. I don't want New Japan to be like WWE, and by the same token, I don't want WWE to be like New Japan. I like the fact they're different. That doesn't mean that New Japan's not more consistent in what it does than WWE. That's probably true, but they're also not producing weekly television. So I do think there's an argument to be had here. I mean, I like both, and I'm glad I like both. And I like Ring of Honor, and I like Impact every now and then. Um, and I like indie wrestling. You know, I, I'm glad that, that we have the choice, and I, and I hope it always stays that way. But saying that, when WWE does overproduce stuff, which, you know, is kind of what I took away from, you know, the start of Raw when everyone's on ladders and different heights, it is a bit like, Neh. you know, it, it's, just, it's just not realistic. And I know wrestling's fake and all of that, but sometimes it's good to sort of go out of your way to try and make it feel real. And when you've got a bunch of dudes who are just, you know, on different, uh, you know, height ladders just so you can see them on TV... Yeah, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit forced, I guess. And the other thing I really sort of, I mean, I like the fact that Baron Corbin has shaved his head. Of course I do. As a shaven-headed warrior myself, I'll always welcome everyone to the crew. But I don't, I mean, why on earth was this not an angle? Um, yeah, I, I just, I genuinely can't believe he just shaved his head when he had super long hair. And we could have built this into something. That's what I really, really, really find confusing. And I get that's slightly nerdy wrestling fan. I understand that. That's fine. However, it just seems so obvious to me, especially when you've got dudes on the roster who aren't really doing anything at the moment. Um, maybe Dean Ambrose, when he comes back, that could have been his feud. I mean, it's not like Corbin's hair was getting any better. We could have held it off for a while. And I understand he's in a new role. He's now Constable Corbin. And I guess you want to try and establish that. But yeah, I, didn't, I don't understand why wrestling or WWE in this aspect gives something away that obvious. That was weird. And obviously the you know the, the kind of crutch here is Kurt Angle's been warned that at least one briefcase has to go back to Raw. I think or they want both, but I imagine one goes to Raw, one goes to SmackDown, because you can't have both on the same show. Well, I think I think it just it just it takes away the importance of the briefcase. It just does, because less is more. And if we can enjoy one on Raw and we can enjoy one on SmackDown, hopefully they're being booked differently. Yeah, that just that just ticks all the boxes. Segway then into a really good match between Natty, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, and Ember Moon. Um, Natty made Bliss tap out with the sharpshooter. You know, the, the big story here is is Natty not right heart going to screw over Ronda Rousey at the pay per view? I think you know that that's the under that's the undercurrent to all of this. I mean, again, we'll talk about that more in the predictions for Money in the Bank, which we'll get to after we quickly run through Raw and SmackDown. 
But, you know, out of context, you know, it, it, was, it was a decent match. And then we also had this story running through Raw where Kevin Owens is trying to convince Finn Balor and Bobby Roode to team up with him in their fatal four-way match later because they need to take out Braun Strowman. Again, fine. Made a lot of sense. Uh, Ziggler and McIntyre then beat up Brizango. Again, we probably need to start doing something with them sooner rather than later. But that's kind of what they laid out here. They said they're going to try and take out, they're trying to take out the, the tag team division. And then we've got everything with Roman Reigns and Jinder Mahal. WWE had advertised on social media for a good few days that it would indeed be this match, which made no sense because they're fighting at Money in the Bank. But as it turns out, Jinder was actually taking on Sunil Singh. I really don't like it when they do this because I don't mind. Actually, no, that's, that's a bit strange. I don't mind it. They can do whatever you want. But I just find it weird that we'd use social media to trick people into seeing a match and then not have the match. I get it ties into the story. But just say Roman Reigns has taken on Sunil Singh. I don't think it got anyone else watching because you knew that Jinder Mahal was going to take on Roman Reigns. So that was, you know, that, that was a bit strange. The worst thing about Roman Reigns at the moment is his storyline is he believes he's been screwed over. And that, you know, in his promo, he even said he's being punished and that the Universal Championship is rightfully his. What are you talking about? You lost to Brock Lesnar. He kicked your ass at WrestleMania 34 and the Greatest Royal Rumble. Don't get it. Don't get that at all. I'm not sure what we're meant to take away from that. As fans, I don't think I'm not sure what WWE wants us to do with that information because, quite clearly, he doesn't deserve it. So I don't, I don't understand that. Of course, he beat Sunil Singh really quickly. You know, it was fine. BT, B team beat Rhino and Heath Slater. Uh, the the Eater of Worlds, Matt Hard, Matt Hardy, and Bray Wyatt turned up. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I'm kind of just going to scroll through this as quickly as possible because I think we want to talk about Money in the Bank more than we talk about Raw and SmackDown. Elias and Seth Rollins had a segment, and Elias destroyed his guitar that apparently from John Mayer. Uh, and then we had all that weird stuff with the Riot Squad and Bailey. A lot of people liked that, it turned out. I just hated all the Riot stuff, the, the stuff beforehand, when the Riot Squad was cutting people's ties and making a mess backstage. It felt like kiddie hour to me. That's weird. And they, they drew a big R on, on uh, Bailey's stomach. And again, it was just like the NWO, which I mentioned on my ups and downs. Then we had anything, everything with Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey. It was just a big chat, really, a big standoff. And eventually, Nia Jax locked her in the armbar. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Kurt Hawkins lost to No Way Jose. Which I actually liked because I like Kurt Hawkins and I enjoy him. I enjoy him being on on the show. I actually did think the obstacle course between Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley was good because it broke up the pacing of Raw. And when Raw's three and a half hours, that's what I need. You know, obviously Bobby Lashley smashed that course as well. It was ridiculous. It was really impressive. And then um, Sami Zayn beat him up from behind. And then we had a good main event between Owens, Rude, Strowman, and and um, who else in that Balor. You know, that was the thing. They kind of took out Strowman for a while. He came back. We saw that frog splash off the ladder by Kevin Owens through a table. And, of course, eventually Strowman won by, by beating Owens, which I actually think has a point. But, again, we'll get to that when we do the predictions. Save a SmackDown. Poor start where we just had everyone in Money in the Bank telling us that we were going to have Money in the Bank. Uh, we set up an eight-man uh, women tag match for the main event, which eventually became a ten, 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 I can't talk a ten-person tag match when Oscar and Shirt and Carmelo were added. Uh, Daniel Bryan took on Shelton Benjamin. That was a really good match. I enjoyed it. Um, what else did we have? Uh, AJ Styles did an interview with Jerry Lawler. Fine, fine, all fine, all good. Rusev versus Samoa Joe was decent. Uh, Miz, Miz wouldn't count Joe, so that you know allowed Rusev to win, but he didn't actually win. And then Miz beat up, you know, Miz beat up Rusev, and then he opened the briefcase after getting it. You know, it was obviously on, on display to pay, to advertise the pay per view. And the New Day were laughing because it had pancakes in it. I actually quite enjoyed that segment, but I still don't understand why we don't know which New Day member is in Money in the Bank. It seems to make perfect sense to me to to have done it here, but you know, whatever. Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy was good. 
Uh, obviously, Nakamura won after he punched... Well, sorry, Jeff Hardy won via DQ when Nakamura punched him in the balls. So they better both be wearing cups at their last man standing match on Sunday. Otherwise, that's ridiculous. And then we had the 10-woman the tag, which I actually enjoyed. It was uh, Charlotte, Becky, Asuka, Lana, and Naomi, and they beat the Iconics, Carmella, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. Uh, Carmella tapped out to the Oscar lock, which again moves in moves into the pay-per-view. Right, so I basically thrown through that because A, we're a day late, and also I just thought it made more sense to, to talk more about Money in the Bank, which will tie into a lot of stuff that happened on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, it's been confirmed that the... And again, I would say, again, you know, my predictions will be up on What Culture Wrestling YouTube channel as well, so please do go watch that too. Every little helps. Uh, it has been confirmed that the, the Bludgeon Brothers versus Gallows and Anderson is going to be on the pre-show, which kind of sucks because... Well, it does suck. There's no two ways about it, but mostly because, A, the fact that we didn't have anything on... Um, on SmackDown with these teams undermines the belt just a little bit. It kind of makes it feel like the tag team titles don't matter. But also, it's on the pre-show, and I don't care what anybody says. I understand in the network age, the pre-show is really the main show, but it's still called the pre-show. Um, so this one doesn't really have much weight and much momentum, which sucks because, A, they should be doing more with Gallows and Anderson. They're a really good tag team, and we need good teams in the division. But also, the Bludgeon Brothers had great momentum around WrestleMania, and that now seems to have petered out. Like The only build here, really, is that we had the, the singles match between Gallows and Anderson, and that was it. I can't. I think Gallows Anderson won. I can't remember how. It's just felt very, very lackluster. I imagine that. Well, I think the Bludgeon Brothers will win. I'd put a lot on that. I don't see why you would change the titles. If anything, you want the Bludgeon Brothers to win and then actually have a story on SmackDown, going back to what it was before, where they beat up the entire roster and everybody's like, "How are we going to beat these people?" That's what I'd like to see anyway. I think Luke Harper especially is one of the most underrated people in the company. But Eric Rowan is good. The tag team is good. They have momentum. The gimmick is so weird. It kind of goes full circle. And I actually enjoy it. So this one's a bit of a... I don't want to say it's a bit of a bust. That's unfair. I think it'd actually be quite a decent match. But yeah, the fact that WWE hasn't really... I don't know. Just treat it as if it doesn't matter. Kind of, you know taking the wind out of its sails. But yeah, I go with the Bludgeon Brothers. As we are doing predictions as well, I should say, go over to the Facebook group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you can join in in the Predictions League and you can win a prize. Thank you to everyone that takes care of that as well. They just did it off their own back because they're lovely, awesome people. Um, but yeah, you, you can enter that and I think all my predictions that I, I do on these shows go in there as well. Show will then open properly. We'll probably segue straight into the women's money in the bank because you need to keep those two money in the banks far enough away from each other as possible so you can have one as the main event, one as the beginning. And again, like we talked about earlier, I actually think it's quite tough. I think it's quite tough to call. I mean, there's so many ways you could do with it. You give it to Ember Moon. That'd be interesting, like, you know, the upstart, the rookie who's only just arrived on Raw, having a good opportunity, Sasha Banks, I think people would like that. Char I think if you give it to Charlotte and she turned heel again, there's a great story there. But then you get to my pick, I'm going left field here, just because what I want to see more than what I think is going to happen. But if Becky Lynch won, I think that would be a really good way to sort of light her back up, especially given that she hasn't done much of anything the last few weeks, if even months, or even this year. You know, there's nothing that stands out when I think about it. And the best thing about giving it to Becky Lynch is I don't know anyone that doesn't like her. She's a baby face that everybody gets behind, wants to see win. And that's rare for Money in the Bank. I mean, the last one, obviously, was Carmella. So I would do that, and I would try and create this atmosphere when every time she does tease a cash-in or go for a cash-in or have you want to play it, there's a real atmosphere in the air of, oh, please let this happen. I really want to see Becky Lynch win. So that's what I would do. Actually make the money in the bank an exciting thing as opposed to a cool shock thing. And I like the cool shock thing. But we've just done that a lot. So, you know, make it uh, something to look forward to because that person that you really like may cash in and may become women's champion. And Becky Lynch can do that. She's really good in the ring. 
She's fun to watch. Everybody, you know, everybody, I think, enjoys her as a performer. So this just makes perfect sense to me. So yeah, I, I, I would I would go Becky Lynch. Um, but I don't know that is going to happen. I think it's probably an out of left field choice. I think maybe there's more people likely. I think Charlotte is probably a good um, a good one. Just because if she holds on to it for ages and then challenges Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 35, there's a nice story there. But I don't want to do that. I want to pick Becky Lynch, hence why I've done it. Then move into Roman Reigns versus Jinder. Again, the problem here is that we know this match is only happening because Roman Reigns is probably facing Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam and he needs a program to get through to SummerSlam. So if it were Jinder Mahal, he's meant to be a heel, we'll give him to Roman Reigns. And that's fine. You know, you want to do that? That's great. What is going to be fun about this is that obviously the pay-per-view is in Chicago. So we're going to get one of two things. Either both guys are going to get booed out of the building with pure vitriol or the crowd will go, well, we're going to boo Roman, obviously. So let's just cheer Jinder and he could become the biggest face ever. So that would be hilarious. I mean, Roman's not going to lose. He just isn't, especially because, again, if he, he is planned to face and hopefully win that damn title of SummerSlam, I'm so sick of waiting. Just do it now. It's so long in the tooth. I don't care. Just have him win. But if that is the case, you don't have him lose to Jinder Mahal. What, two months? What are we in June, July, August? Yeah, two months before uh, before before SummerSlam. That would be crazy. Um, I think it'd be fine, though. I, I don't hate either man, really. I mean, I quite like Roman Reigns, but that obviously is a, is a, a situation unto itself. I think Jinder's okay. Um, but I think he's better than okay. I think he's fine. But I don't think this is... Ma- There's not much to this match, I would say. Son of Singh probably get involved. All the, you know, all the all the same stuff. But it's there, and we'll watch it. And I don't know. I don't know. Seth Rollins versus Elias for the Intercontinental Championship. I think Seth Rollins wins this simply because right now he's arguably one of the best, if not the best face in the company. He has momentum. He's slowly making the IC title feel like it's important, which we need going back to the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And while that may suck in the sense that Elias also is doing well, like, you know, his act is over. People hate his guitar stuff and all the all the sort of insults he does before a match. But I just don't think you want to take the championship away from Seth Rollins at this point. It wouldn't make anyone sense. I don't think anybody wants to see that, even if they do like Elias. I think the real key here is they need to have a good match. You could argue that the, the, only, the one thing we haven't seen from Elias since he's been on the main roster uh, is, is a real sort of solid in-ring performance everything else he's got down you know great i would say so if he can just have a really good match here and let's face it the potential he's got taking on someone like seth rollins is high because seth rollins seems to be able to have good matches with everybody i think both men will come away in a stronger position than they were before even though seth will win and elias will lose there is a small part of me that thinks maybe elias gets do cued by smacking seth with the belt and then the feud can continue i don't really want that because I think we can get more out of just having a good one-on-one match with a clean winner. I think it benefits Seth more than Elias trying to keep his heat or whatever. But either way, Seth Rollins wins. Seth Rollins walks away with the Intercontinental Championship. I'd be amazed if anyone picked Elias. Uh, if, they, if WWE went with Elias, I'd be surprised. It just doesn't seem like the right time. I guess it depends what the future plans are. But either way, Seth Rollins. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass is another match everyone's worried about. And I can understand why. I don't mind Big Cass. A lot of people get on his case. A lot of people don't seem to like him and you know say say certain things, but ultimately, he's a, you know, he's, he's a guy learning his craft still, finding his way, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to crap all over that. The, the, the thing I have here is that I genuinely care about Daniel Bryan, and I want to cheer him on to glory. He's my Becky Lynch, right? I want to see him do well, which means right now, I don't want to see him lose to a guy who, as we've just said, is in the developmental process. I want Brian to be able to help Big Cass, and I want Big Cass to come out the other side as a better wrestler, but I don't want the feud to continue. I want Brian to use this as a stepping stone to whatever big thing is down the line, 
But my head tells me they'll probably make Big Cass win because I, he's a big guy in a company that loves big guys. The same with Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn, which we'll get to in a second. But, but I don't know. I guess it all depends on what the plans are. I don't think Daniel Bryan necessarily losing to Big Cass hurts him too much because it just doesn't in the world of WWE anymore. However, I would still rather Daniel Bryan won. But I've got to make a pick, so I will pick Daniel Bryan because, again, I'm going with my heart on this and I'm going to try and push it through through four, through sheer force of will. Um, but well, I'm not going to be surprised if, if Big Cass wins. But we'll see. It's one of those matches that... Is, is difficult on paper. But let's wait and see. It could be really good. I don't like judges of these things. I respect and appreciate all wrestlers, including these two. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. Again, another one that I think is quite clear. Bobby Lashley is a big man. Vince McMahon loves big man. And as I've said this on my, on my What Culture video, which again, please go and watch. For one reason or another, WWE believes Sami Zayn to be dispensable. They think that, you know, that that's... You can do whatever you want with Sami Zayn, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think he's incredibly talented. And I actually think we could do more with him than we do. Um, even with all these awful segments we've had between the pair leading up to this, Sami Zayn's always held his own because he knows what he's doing. He's just been put in bad situations. I mean, we had one week where Bobby Lashley's sisters were men dressed in drag, which is one of those moments you never want to tell anyone you watch wrestling in case they don't think you're crazy. Um, but yeah, Lashley wins. I think the, the real key here is that Lashley doesn't squash Sami Zayn. That's what I want. As long as we don't see a squash match, we're all good. Uh, but yeah, but Bobby Lashley wins probably quite easily, and then it's probably the end of the feud. Uh, Carmella versus Oscar. As I mentioned, I, I kind of thought Oscar was going to win here. She won't now, just because she made Carmella tap out on SmackDown, which in WWE land is usually a sign they've made up their mind, and Carmella will retain. I think you probably do need to screw Oscar out here. Uh, maybe this whole James Ellsworth rumor of him coming back and helping Carmella again at Money in the Bank happens, or you get the Iconics involved, or or whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, Carmella, Carmella will win here. Um, it's a shame, because ever since WrestleMania 34, Oscar has lost a lot of whatever she had, and losing that sort of winning streak, or getting rid of that winning streak, I don't think was the smartest, the smartest move. But hey... You know, it may be a really good match. Who knows? I know some people don't like Carmella, but Oscar's really good. And I, I like to give people their due. Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. Now, we mentioned this at the start of the show. Genuinely could go one of a thousand ways. Maybe you do what WWE, uh, UFC did. Well, not did, did, happened in UFC. When Ronda Rousey just run roughshod through everybody and was beating people in a minute. Maybe she does that and she locks the armbar in within a minute. I don't think that's going to happen just because we saw the armbar on Raw and why give it away. Maybe Stephanie McMahon comes back and screws over Ronda Rousey. Maybe Natty Neihart does the thing that's being teased for a while and screws over her best friend. It's tough. I mean, does having Rousey lose in only her second match take away the allure she has? Or can you argue what she would actually lose? Because if she gets screwed over via DQ, then she hasn't lost. She actually wins. However, it is still a screwy finish and she doesn't walk away with the title. It's a tough one. I'm amazed that we've got to this point so quickly in only her second match. I think we could have built it a bit more. And then you could have done a storyline that Rousey just runs through people. And I would like to see her take out Nia Jax that quickly. Because obviously Nia Jax is a big, is, is, she's big. And she's a monster-type character, so it would do it would do all everything. What I imagine will happen is that through some kind of you know crazy means, Nia Jack retains the title, and then we can build to SummerSlam, and then you have Ronda Rousey win it there. You know, everybody wants to make SummerSlam WrestleMania two. They're putting more and more money into it, trying to expose it more and more and more. We're only a couple of months away, as we've already mentioned, so you may as well use this as some kind of build to a story, and then you can have Ronda Rousey win the title there. I will say again. Fair play WWE for actually leaving me completely blank as to what they're going to do here. I genuinely don't know. 
So for that, I got I got to tip my hat. Uh, AJ Styles versus Nakamura is another one where I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going Nakamura just because I think he has to win to justify, um, you know, to, to, to justify this heel turn and, and make sure that you cement the character to not do that just seems crazy to me because what on earth, well, where on earth do you go next with Nakamura? Also, AJ Styles has held the title long enough that we can take it off him now and I don't think anyone's going to mind. Plus, it's a last man standing match. You know, you can do some crazy spot where neither man can get up and um, Nakamura gets up at the last second so you're not jobbing out AJ Styles. He doesn't actually get his shoulders pinned. He can then be the babyface rechasing his title. It just seems to make so much more sense to me. I don't think it's going to affect SmackDown ratings or the interest in SmackDown if Nakamura wins. So to me, you have to let Nakamura win, although I don't think they're going to, but I still pick Nakamura again because I'm going with heart predictions this month. Um, I'd also want, I want to see Nakamura win it because given his wrestling pedigree and history, if he doesn't win it here, where does he win it? And I think he deserves, I hate that word, but it's true, I think he deserves at least one run with the world championship in the biggest company in the world. So that's why I hope he does it. Uh, there seems to be enough protection already given that it is a last man standing match. I just think it will help. I just think it will help. Uh, main event should probably be men's money in the bank. I'm going Kevin Owens. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Go straight into it. I'm going Kevin Owens because I think it, he would be the person able. Well, A, because I think Becky Lynch is going to win the women's. That's a face. So you've got to give it to a heel on, on Raw or, or the, the men's one. I think Kevin Owens would have the most fun with it. I think him mouthing off and saying everything would be very entertaining. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's that that that's pretty much it. I just I just think he would do best with the briefcase and go on a long run with it and keep it entertaining from start to finish. There are others who would benefit. Vin Balor especially did a what culture video on that that you can go check out now. Giving it to Braun Strowman is not the worst idea in the world because seeing a big monster run around with a briefcase just works. But Kevin Owens to me is going to have the most fun with it, so I pick Kevin Owens. Or at least I want Kevin Owens to win. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, I'm, I'm, go I'm going Kevin Owens. I think, I, like I said, I just think he'd have so much fun with it. And because he's having fun with it, I'm going to have fun with it. And I like having fun in wrestling. Fun, you know, having fun is what, is, is what it's all about. So they are indeed my Money in the Bank uh, predictions. We can find out if I'm right next week. Do indeed sign up or like the uh, the Facebook page. Just search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. Give it a like. Come join in. Um, come join the group. And then you can make your prediction too. And the winner of each season, I don't know how they do seasons. I, I think it's every few months uh, wins a prize. Uh, if anyone hasn't received their prize, you have to get in touch and let me know. The postal service can stuck. Same with the Patreon rewards as well. I don't mean to use it as a pimp, but just in case patrons are listening, uh, if you are owed a postcard or anything like that, everyone should have got one now. So if not, drop me a line and, and we can sort that out. And again, if you'd like a postcard from me, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. Uh, so we do have a few questions to answer, which we'll get into in just one sec. But I can't remember how much we talked about CM Punk. Even if we did, I want to talk about it again because new, you know, new information is out now and there's plenty to talk about. If you didn't see UFC 225, he did pretty much you know, get beaten up quite easily at the event by Mike Jackson, who himself is not a, you know, he's not a super fighter or anything like that. He, I guess you could call him an amateur, uh, for lack of a better term. And it's come out today that the pay-per-view basically bombed in terms of, of pay-per-view buys. I had the number up here, but like an idiot, I closed the tab down. I'm just going to load it up again now. Um... Yeah, it did. Well, apparently, this is rumor at the moment, we'll see, but apparently it did less than 150,000 buys. Now, given that at one point, for his first match at 205, was it 204? I can't remember, 202, whenever it was, apparently Punk added that amount of buys, or even 200,000 plus, it's kind of a bust for CM Punk at this point in terms of his UFC career, at least. Maybe Bellator picks him up, I don't know. This information may change that. 
And yeah, he did look out of sorts. I don't like saying that because I couldn't have done what Pierce and Punk did. If you put me in there with Mike Jackson, I'd be killed. So I don't like ragging on the guy too much. But I, would, I just want to make a point that a lot of people are saying a lot of things on the internet and all of that. But to me, CM Punk is um, is just is an insp- inspirational character, given that he has dreams and he goes after his dreams and he, he doesn't really worry about what the outcome could be. And I think it does mean that when he gets to 90 years old, he's going to look back on his life and go, man, I really lived. And I really think that should be what we take away from here. You know, he, he no one made him become a UFC fighter. Everybody doubted him. He, he got a lot of shit over the last few years. And yeah, he wasn't up to the standard. But I don't think that's the point. You can't have a go at him because he made his name elsewhere and a company wanted to try to, to make money off the back of that. That's life. That's fighting. And that technically happened to Kimbo Slice, who was a draw constantly before he unfortunately tragically passed away. But that's not saying Punk's fault. If someone comes up to you and says, I want to pay you, you know, half a million dollars to be, I don't know, a juggler, and you suck at juggling, but you like it, you don't go, no, that's that disrespectful to the sport. Nobody does that. And, you know, you know, you know, he who throws the first stone or whatever that phrase is. But I don't believe there's a, a person on the planet who would be given the opportunity to fight in, in UFC and would go, no, it disrespects the sport. So I don't understand that argument for a second. I'm not saying it doesn't disrespect the sport. I'm not saying if you're a commentator or a pundit, you can't say that. But I can't think of anyone that would turn that down. So I just wanted to take a few moments to say, I really, I really think CM Punk, I mean, his character is a different thing. It certainly seems like he can be quite... Uh, temperamental, but that's nothing to do with me. I don't know him. I don't get to make a comment on that. But yeah, he. Um, I just, I just think it's it, it's a good life, a way to live your life. Do what you want, do what you love, follow your dreams, and whatever happens, you can't. He didn't lose. He didn't lose. He made a boatload of money, and he got to do something he's really passionate about. Okay, sure, he lost in the in the UFC, but that lasted what fifteen minutes? Nah. I don't see it that way. On the subject of throwing yourself out there as well, this Sunday, Sunday the 17th of June, I am returning to Defiant Wrestling for my first ever singles match as I take on that asshole Drake. Put a hole in my head, piece of crap. Um, you, there's two ways. If you're in the, in the area, I believe there's still a few tickets remaining. Uh, if you just go to the Defiant website, I think it's we are uh, wearedefiant.com and click on events, you can get all the information there. However, if you're not in the Newcastle area and you'd like to watch, you can sign up at Fight TV. They are streaming the event live, which is terrifying, and you can get it through Access Defiant or Defiant Access, whatever they call it, which is just access.wearedefiant.com. If you do, anyway, all the support means the world to me. Um, I'd also should say if you go to Defiant's YouTube channel right now, they uploaded my first ever tag team match from a month or so ago at Road to uh, Road to Destruction, whatever it's called. It was Road to Destruction. What am I calling it? It's called and Built to Destroy is this Sunday, and you can watch it. And the two reasons I'm saying this is one because you know it's part of promotion and all of that. But two, I always said that I would throw myself out there as much as possible. Uh, because I up those downs, right? Up those downs every week on Raw. Can't be a hypocrite. Got to put myself in the same position to get it back. So yes, uh, access.weirdefiant.com. If you'd like to see me this Sunday, it'd be awesome if you could tune in. All the support means the world. But you know, if you don't want to pay any money, you can go to Defiant. Just search for Defiant Wrestling on YouTube, and you'll see um, one of the first videos up there. Is my first ever tag team match, and you can watch it and leave a comment going, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. So please go and do that at the very least. I, I would appreciate it. Right now, we do have some questions that we're going to. Uh, that we're going to answer, if I can just get them up. I can! And we're just going to fly through these, and then I will I will leave you for another week to enjoy to enjoy your resting. There's loads of resting this weekend. You watch Money in the Bank, and you can watch my ass! What a world that is. Ben Ward, how many stars is too many stars? Now, I assume that you are referring to the Dave Meltzer rating system. I enjoy Dave Meltzer. I enjoy the Wrestling Observer. I enjoy all the audio he and Brian Alvarez put out. It makes me happy. 
A lot of people seem to take Dave Meltzer's ratings or star ratings as, as the be-all and end-all, and I never really understood them. They're just one man's opinion. It's like video game reviews, right? I used to be in video games, or I still am. Sometimes I review games and people get really mad about scores. If I give a 6 out of 10 to, I don't know, well, let's go the obvious one. If I give a 3 out of 10 to Bloodborne, which I would do, don't like Bloodborne, I think it sucks. People get mad. And I don't really understand why, because it's just one man's opinion, and that's how I view Dave Meltzer's thing. It's a form of entertainment. Much like wrestling is. So I really enjoy seeing what he's going to give it. I think he's got enough credibility and he's built up enough stock that they should have some importance. Or at least should have some importance to some people. And yeah, if he wants to give Akada versus Omega 10 stars, 15 stars, it doesn't matter. It's a made up system put in place by him. You should just look at it. You can make a comment on it and you can use it to spark debate. Sure, or play devil's advocate. But I don't think it should be taken as this be all and end all. And I don't think he wants that either is the other thing. So yeah, that's my take on the star system. I like I like seeing what he's going. What did Dave think of this? He's earned that right by dedicating himself to pro wrestling for what thirty plus years. Again, doesn't mean it's the be all and end all, but he's he's earned that right to to be a uh, an authority or at least somewhat of an authority on wrestling. And I also understand the argument. Well, he's never been in the ring. Okay, but he's not looking at it from that point of view. He's looking at it from a spectator's point of view and what he likes and what he doesn't like. And it's as simple as that. Easy as that. So there is no such thing as too many stars. Give it as many as you want, Dave. Wind them up. Wind, the up, wind up the idiots. Luke Robinson, if you could have a few with anyone non-WWE, who would you want it to be and why? Here's why. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. I like that, Luke. Thank you. Um, well, I think it kind of stands to reason. It'd have to be Kenny Omega, right? I mean, probably one of the best wrestlers in the world. Probably one of the most popular wrestlers in the world outside of WWE. I think it'd be incredible to, to sort of see how he operates in the ring. Because one thing I'm learning from my own pro wrestling journey is you really don't know how good a wrestler is until you're in the ring with them. And you notice how calm and sort of together they are. Um, but yeah, I think probably Kenny Omega. I think that would be an experience to say the least. And also, let's not, let's not pretend otherwise. Everyone would watch it. <laughs> That's what wrestling's all about. If not Kenny Omega, then obviously you move to Okada. And outside of that, we're trying to move away from New Japan uh, well, Cody Rhodes will be up there as well. I know he's in. I know he's in NJPW, but Cody Rhodes will be on there as well. And I would give one more. I mean, Pete Dunne. I think Pete Dunne would just teach you so much, be it in the ring or afterwards, where he ran you through everything you did wrong, that you would walk away as a better pro wrestler. So, yeah. Aaron Hubble, how did Drake manage to miss a back as big as yours with a chair? Well, that's very kind to say. I appreciate that. Hey, man, Drake is an asshole. Well, that, that's all I can say. I mean, quote unquote, miss. Did he miss? The footage, again, you can go. I'm not. I'm not just saying this. You can go to Defiance YouTube channel right now, and you can watch it for yourself, and you can hear the noise. All I say to you is, did he miss, or did he intentionally smash me in the head? That's all I'm going to say. I'm not trying to cause a fuss here. I'm not trying to cause a stir. I'm just saying, how can you aim for somebody's back and hit somebody in the head? That's it. That's all I've got. So we'll go with miss. But we'll put that missing quotation marks. Uh, Richard Powell, with such a packed roster, would you like WWE to bring back more larger stables such as the Corporation or DX? It might help some mid-cart lower talent get some more airtime. Well, I would like to see that, but I'd only like to see that mostly because, I mean, for that reason, yes. But also, because I like roster, I like uh, stables. I like stables. They're fun. NWO, good. DX, good. The, the, the Nation of Domination, good. I even like the rubbish ones. What are they called? Union. It wasn't so good. But still, I like stay. I like it when a bunch of dudes get together. And it's more than two. It's not just a tag team. I think it breaks up the pacing of a show. And again, when Raw is three and a half hours, three and a half, thrown on 30 minutes there. When Raw is three hours, it makes it, it... The first thing you do is you see it, right? It's a visual thing. So if all of a sudden loads of dudes are coming out together, you're like, oh. 
And it's weird that WWE don't do that. I know why they did it back in the day because the NWO blew up and they were like, I mean, don't forget how many stables there were back then. Then there was probably too many stables. But still, it worked. And I would like to see more, definitely, just because I think it's fun, I think it's different. And yeah, you can get, you know, you can get more people over, like, um, especially because they don't focus on tag teams so much. I mean, the only one I can think of is the New Day, right? They're the only stable. I'm sure that I'm not thinking of other ones. And you'll go, oh, the Riot Squad, that's true. But... We could do more. Yes, we could do more. I'd like to see it. Whether or not we will, I don't think so. Vince McMahon seems very focused on singles on singles wrestlers. But yes, I would like that. And one day I hope it happens. Alex White, how long would you have taken on Sami Zayn's obstacle course? A long time. My shoulders don't work anymore. And I'm shit at rope climbing. I think I could have done everything else. I would, I would say two and a half minutes and then probably not the rope climb. Um, maybe more, actually, three minutes. I don't know. It's hard. It was tough. I think I could do most of it, but that, I, I can't climb a rope. I just suck at it. Bobby Lashley smashed that as well. What? A, he's like 42 years old. What a freak of nature. I did like that thing, though. Again, change up the pace of Raw. That's what I like. Uh, Saeed Shah, at what point do you think that hype overblows a match? That's tough. Because you could say that almost happened with Okada Omega, but then they pulled it off. I think hype can only overblow a match depending on how good the match is. If I tell you that, say, Chris Jericho versus CM Punk, just randomly, is going to be the best match ever, and it is then the hype lived up to what we expected, so it's okay. If, however, I tell you it's going to steal the show, it's going to be amazing, then it sucks, then you look back in hindsight and the hype feels disappointing. So I think it always always depends what happens in the ring. Um, but really, because it's pro wrestling, everything should be hyped up. You should go, you should go crazy with hyperbole, because at least it's fun to go into a match thinking it's going to be the best thing ever. And sure, it's disappointing if it's not, but I'd rather that than a mundane build, and then that was a match. You know, make it fun, make it over the top, so... Yeah, I think it all depends what happens, but I don't think you can overblow it. I think wrestling should be overblown because it's crazy. Josh Tucker, do you have any submissions in your moveset? If not, are you going to add any? I do. I have one. I have a variation of Rusev's um, accolade where I do something a bit different with my hands, and I did it once, and my trainer was like, that looks good. You should keep that. So I've got that. At the moment, that's the only one. Um, but yeah, I, I always want to try and add more. Like, you know, even though I'm doing matches now, I'm still going to training. I'm still learning. Like, I, I'm no, I've clearly got loads to learn, obviously. Be that both in a training facility and in the scenario of being in front of a crowd. So we're just starting. But I'm, yeah, I'll try and add, I want to be able to have a match with anybody and them to say, at least, can you do this or do you know of this and have a vague idea? Because I think that only benefits you as a pro wrestler. So there's a long way to go. Uh, you know, very early doors, but at least, at least we, we, the train has moved out of the station and you can't do that. Um, you can't, you, that's where you've got to start. That's where you've got to start. Daniel Westwood, who from the current NXT roster do you see being successful on the main roster? And is there anyone you think might not do well on the main roster? Well, the latter part, I don't think you can ever tell. You never know what's going to happen. It all comes down to booking and planning and storylines and who they feud with and what the company thinks of them. But I think everybody, it's a copper answer, and I will go into specifics in a second, but I think everybody on the NXT roster has the potential to do amazingly on the main roster because they wouldn't be there if they didn't have the talent. Adam Cole is the guy that comes to the top of my, of top of my list. I think he's awesome. And I think if he's given the right, uh, you know, the right build, he will, he's a future world champion as far as I'm concerned. I just think he's great. Same with Ricochet, just because of what he can do in the ring, if nothing else. He's an absolute treat to watch. Uh, Alistair Black too. He, you know, he's he's got a different vibe. Uh, I, I know he's moved up now, but I still want to see want to do see what Andrade Sion Almas can do. I think he's got all the potential in the world. So every, Gargano, Champa, can you imagine them on the main roster? Like everybody down at the moment is kicking ass. But it all depends on what they want to do. Like you know, the authors of pain just vanishing has hurt them. The revival getting those injuries did hurt them. Um, Drew McIntyre's doing okay at the moment. He's kind of treading water, but I think that's the point. 
And we haven't really had a very good NXT call-up in ages now. I mean, look at Apollo Crews. Doesn't even exist. Wasn't even on Raw. Couldn't even get on a three-hour show. So that's the key. But I think they all, they all have the skill and the talent to do it. They just need to be put in the right opportunity to do so. Uh, William P. Capella III. What a great name you have. If you had the choice to send main roster talent to NXT to be given a chance to revitalize their career, who would it be? Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I said that a while ago on a Y video for What Culture. I think he'd be great there. I think he'd have amazing matches. And I think it would G him up again. Outside of that, Apollo Crews, as we just mentioned, go back down. Why the hell not? Put No Way Jose back down there. He ain't doing nothing. Um, in terms of other people... I don't know. I mean, maybe when Cesaro and Sheamus eventually break up, putting Cesaro down there for a while before picking him back up would be good. But anyone, really. I understand it's difficult with finances and, and the craziness of, uh, of of road schedules. But Dolph Ziggler would be my top one. I think Dolph Ziggler still has something big in him, but we need to take him off the main roster for a while and we need to put him somewhere where he finds his, his magic again. And yeah, that would be NXT. Richard Ingman. Will Drew McIntyre be the first UK-born WWE champ? If not, then who? I did ask this before, but I don't think it got answered. Sorry if it did. You know, I've got to apologize here, Richard. We're all friends. I think he has all the potential in the world. Who else? Uh, I mean, someone like Pete Dunne probably is going to do it at some point. At least has the potential to do it. But yeah, I think Drew will be first. If someone put a gun to my head, I said, or at least I hope Drew will be first. I think given his journey and the fact that he's come back to WWE 10 times better than he was, and he's got the size and the height and everything that WWE likes, yes, I will go that he will should be and hopefully will be the first ever UK-born WWE champ, and I'd like that. I think it'd be really nice. Callum Bartle, what are your thoughts on TJ Perkins leaving 205 Live? Do you think he'll be a solid mid-card act or get lost in the shuffle? It doesn't seem WWE has any plans for him. Well, he can always go back to 205 Live. Don't forget that. He can always, they can always decide, ah, we're putting you back there. It's difficult because look at what they're doing on Raw and SmackDown with some dudes already. Throwing somebody else into that mix, I don't think it bodes particularly well from him. But again, it all dep- if the machine gets behind him, then yeah, he will get over and everybody will love him. The question is, are they going to do that? And my gut says, no. <laughs> as much as I don't like saying that, that's just, that's just what I think. I mean, 205 Live is actually a really good show these days. But again, it got presented as this bust for so long that everybody thinks it's a bust. We'll have to see what happens. I think it's a difficult move. I think 205 Live could do with a bit of a shake-up from a PR perspective, for lack of a better term, to try and get people more interested. But yeah, difficult, difficult. Charlie Crowley, should Punk ever have a UFC MMA match again? Not a UFC match. You know, he's 0-2. That buy rate proves that the interest has died, and it's a money-making business, a ticket-selling business. But an MMA match, why not? If Bellator want him, do it. If an indie promotion want him, do it. If he likes doing it, just do it. Uh, it you could argue that maybe it's, it's worrying for his health, because he didn't look particularly good against Mike Jackson. But that's not that's not my decision to make. That's his decision to make. So he certainly should. If he wants one, he should go out and get one. I will find him inspiring all the time. Francis Reyes. Is Baron Corbin trying to copy the Simon Miller look? Damn right he is. I think Mother Nature just caught up with him, to be completely honest. Um, but again, they should have done a hair versus hair match. Never get over that. Absolutely bonkers. But let's say that he is. It's fun. Ollie Smith. Are there any moves you dread taking? Or think, I don't know how to bump that safely yet. Or anything you get excited and make you think, I can't wait to learn how to take that bump. Also, as an old man, in inverted commas, are you constantly going to limit the high-risk big bumps to try and get the longest career possible? I haven't really thought about any of that. Um, I don't, there's no move that I mind taking. There's moves that I mind giving. Like I never want to give anyone a, an elbow drop off the top because I'll probably kill them. It's really hard to do that. Honestly, you should doubly respect how good wrestlers are when they do that. Um, but no, there's nothing I, 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 nothing I wouldn't mind taking. Um, some things are scarier than others, for sure. 
you know, when someone's coming down on you from a great height and you think, oh my gosh, they could kill me. But no, I'll, I'll, I'll take anything. Um, but no, I, in terms of, oh yeah, I want to try, there's probably things I shouldn't do because I am older than the average bear. And I don't think I will do. But I will play that. It makes sense to the story in the match, and I believe I can pull it off. I'm not going to say no, because I think it's probably worth giving it a go. But yeah, I should probably be a bit a bit cleverer, given that I'm starting this so late. But we'll see. You never know. I can only take that day by day. Before I started, I said I was going to take a chair shot. Now I've been busted open by a chair, and we'll have a scar in the back of my head for the rest of my life. So, you know, it's one of those things that I don't want to say yes or no to. But I think it's smart to do that, yes. So I will, I'll take it day by day, match by match, and, and see where we can get to. But I'm always up for learning anything. I think that's the key here. Whatever, um, yeah, whatever gets thrown my way, I want to try and deal with it as, uh, as best as I can. So yes, thank you as always for all the questions. I know they went up late before I recorded this, and we usually get quite a few more, but I appreciate them all the same. Again, Simon is Pro Wrestling Podcast on that old Facebook, and uh, we'll answer some next week too. I'll draw a line under it there. Uh, again, please do head over to What Culture Wrestling and watch all my videos on there. Also, you can see me on What Culture Football doing a few videos for them too. Uh, YouTube.com for the Miller Report rules. Uh, part four of the God of War playthrough, playthrough finally went up. No, I'm really tired of that. I'm sorry. Monday was hard and I, did that. I had to redo it on a Tuesday. Long story. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. And again, if you could all spare a dollar, just at patreon.com for Simon316. That makes all of this a lot easier. And there should be a link in all the descriptions. But I don't know. And also, we should be on Spotify soon. Don't need to tell you this. You're already listening. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we will be. I will thank you all, as I always do, for allowing me to enter your lives once or twice a week. Again, the Dominion show went up on Tuesday, so you did get two drop this week. Go listen to that. Let me know what you thought of the show. Is it the best match of all time? Only one way to find out, and that's to talk about it and see uh, and see where we get. If you're listening on iTunes, give us five stars, give us a review, push us up the rankings, more people can find us, and why not go share this on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Squared Circle, wherever you want, and, and see what happens. Thank you for all the support. Again, this Sunday, my first ever wrestling singles match in Newcastle for Defiant Wrestling. Terrified, but also excited, so we'll see how it goes. And yeah, I will chat to you again very soon.